Because there's never an off day in the greatest sports city on earth. Here are the biggest stories and everything else you need to know from the new title town. It's Breaking Boston with Andy Hart and Nick Fixie Stevens. Staying off the pitch a couple guys got banged when they had the going home part. When I go back to Boston, I'm just going to take a strike. You know what? I think they can submit. They can now. I think they said, I'm submitting for I just feel like there should be some appeal there. You're not trying to waste one World Series MVPs for that city. And obviously, they're going to show you love, just like when Belly came back and played you guys. He got back. None of us wanted that. The umpires know what's going on. I don't know if they just don't have a choice or, or what the deal is. And that kid that made his debut after 13 years in the, in the minor leagues gets a standing ovation like, hey, bud, 0-1. That right there is the voice of Marcus Lynn Mookie Betts, who I'm not sure if you heard or not, is making his triumphant return to the place where his baseball career began this weekend. And up there with the great Boston sports mysteries of all time, Hakam Belichick, Bench Butler, and Super Bowl 52 will forever live this one. Why the hell did the Red Sox feel so compelled to trade Mookie Betts? And how did they get so little back for him? These are some of the questions that we will not address today on Breaking Boston for Friday, August 25th, 2023 with Fitzy and Hart. <clears throat> no, 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 no. I Well, sure, we can. But those are just going to continue to go round and round and round and round. The fact remains, this will not, dare I say, Andy, it will not rank up there in the uh, George Herman Babe Ruth for $100,000 cash the money needed to produce the musical No No Nanette. Uh, it won't go down as the worst trade or most lopsided trade in Red Sox history, but Jeter Downs, who has been DFA'd, though he's really good at taking a ball uh, against Chris Sale. Uh, Colton Wong or Connor Wong? I don't even know. Connor Wong? Sure. The catcher, Connor. he's pretty good. Connor, yeah. He's and fine. yeah, he's fine. And Alex Verdugo, who's fine. So you mm. got a Nice. You got, yeah, you got a blah, a see ya, and a fine for an all-time great. Again, this will just continue to reflect so poorly. And if you thought the reception that Red Sox ownership got at the, uh, was what did they call it? The uh, Red Sox celebration, the winter hoo-ha, the uh, hooray for baseball that they had in Springfield. Uh, at you the, mean uh, that, that event where Heimblum idiotically kept saying the word bet? If you're going to bet, you're going to bet. I'm going to bet. Stop saying bet. You traded one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise of recent memory. Stop saying his name, whether it's actually his name or not. You're making yourself look like an idiot. And you got nothing in return. I luckily, he's not good. Betts isn't good. It's, you know, he's, he's really faded. I don't think mm -hmm. he's living up to his contract. And no. luckily his team is in last place and they're not going to make the playoffs. And, and there's no reason nope. to say, why can't we get players like that? As the great Bob Lobel would say, and you know, mm. Betts wouldn't help you. And you, you had three stars to build around once upon a time. And it's not like you traded one away for nothing, let one go for nothing and kept one who thinks a glove should go on his feet because that's about how he uses it. <laughs> oh, my God. I to think that at one point in 2018, when the Red Sox were an absolute wagon of a team and they had the killer bees for the outfield, that was, you know, that was Tom Brady's last Super Bowl run of a year. That was truly like that last tangible piece of greatness that I think Boston fans in general could hang their hat on. Like, 
we're going to have this to root for. Now, subsequently, obviously, Brown and Tatum have sort of taken over, but they haven't delivered, whereas at least these guys uh, were able to deliver and win a World <laughs> Series that year. Obviously, other people made massive contributions as well along the way. But, I mean, God, I mean, Evaldi and Pierce and, you know, where are they now? I think literally the definition of how come we can't get guys like that, the old Bob Lobel cliche that is so triggering with a lot of fans in town, is Mookie Betts. I, to this day, I like, so we have to all do this. And by the way, this year, Betts is just having a brutal, brutal season. He's only batting 310, 150 hits, 34 home runs, uh, a war of seven, uh, 10 stolen bases, uh, OPS over a thousand. I mean, just how, how could the Red Sox use a guy like that? What would he do on an absolute freight train of a team? Oh, yeah, that's right. And yesterday on Thursday, the 24th, he has a freaking five-hit game. The day the Red Sox win 17 to one, that's not even as impressive as what he did. Damn it! And don't forget that he, when his team was a little weak up the middle infield, he moved into the middle infield and helped them for a while. Whereas the Red Sox, who haven't had a middle infield all year, nope, nope, we couldn't use that. Oh, and also just to rub a little salt in the weird wound, he's like rubbing elbows and hanging out and laughing it up with LeBron, the most hated basketball player in these parts. So. Yeah, I, I don't. How could this be any worse? This, you know, this really ticks me off, Fitzy. And you were born in this generation. And I don't mean mm -hmm. as a human being because you're old, but I mean as a sports fan guy. So mm -hmm. this is how it's supposed to work in Boston. We acquire the guy who blows up and everybody's like, son of a bitch. Why can't we get players like that? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. It's not supposed to go the like we get Pedro. Oh, wait, you went from Roger Clemens to Pedro. That's not fair. How did you work that trade? How'd you do that? Whereas now. You're watching your guy or your girl, like in if we're going to do the always, uh, always important comparisons to love life, like your girlfriend married the other dude and they're living in a mm -hmm. mansion and they're living the high life and you're in a cardboard box under the freaking overpass. Hey, Boston is supposed to be the market where it doesn't matter what you cost. It doesn't matter what they have to pay when greatness is acquired, when excellence is at hand, when championships are to be won, you just write the check, you lay it out. And you continue because it is not just it's media market number 10 in the grand landscape of television, radio and beyond. But Boston, if you are the new title town, if you are the hub, if you are the greatest sports city in America, if not the world, sure. then you do sure. whatever it takes. You do whatever it takes. Sure. And I, again, this to me, this this all one thing this definitely points back to is just the bizarre complacency that has set in with Fenway Sports Group and John Henry and ownership where they just have decided and they will never let us know because this would just ring more hellfire and brimstone down from a slightly agitated fan base, a fan base that you can't quite tell is as agitated because there is the veneer of selfies and sweet Caroline and all the touristy BS that goes on on a nightly basis at America's most beloved ballpark, Fenway Park. They're very, very agitated. You were on the Rich Keefe show Thursday night, the 24th, and you guys banked up full phones all night from the Fenway faithful wanting to call in to complain about this because they've been waiting to unload for ages. They finally were able to take a moment off complaining about Belichick and the Celtics and the Bruins, and they were able to just unload about the Mookie Betts situation. Before we get into the conspiracy theories, none of which will help or bring any comfort and solace to Mookie Betts coming back and probably going, you know, seven for 13 over the weekend with two home runs, a stolen base and gold glove defense. Why do you think they felt so compelled to trade him. Well, I, I, I think they were going down a road of, of fiscal alterations. And I know the whole, I'm not going to pretend to remember all the details and 
the whole, you know, luxury tax. And if you spend $1 on because of where they were, $1 on him would have been $3 and really a $300 million contract would be like an $850 million contract in the overall. Oh, a Golden State River, right? I don't care. Like, I hate that. And I I argued against it at the time. I don't want to know your budget. I don't want to know your expenditures. I just, I can get a good look at a, uh, t-bone by sticking my head up a bull's ass but i'd rather take the butcher's word for it just show Mm. me a good t-bone i don't need to know how it was made and you had a good t-bone and you had the foundation of a team of stars that should be dominant forever you had a you had a kobe steak my man like you had you had like he's little he's not gonna hold up and you know what almost makes it differently worse is you did end up signing Devers. So there's also this weird thing. Like if you were just opposed to 10 year, $300 million contracts, we don't do those anymore. We're never doing that. You did one of those. Now you did one of those against a guy who I believe has as many or more questions than Mookie Betts, his glove, his leadership, his future weight and position. Like Mm -hmm. basically Devers is a hitter. He can hit the hell out of the ball. No question there. He can hit the hell out of the ball, but He's a DH that has been that they're saddled with at third base for the time being, right. but he is not and, a positional win by any stretch. He's not going to come off a of paternity. Yeah, he's not going to come off paternity leave, Andy, and play great second base. He's lucky he plays in an era where errors are no longer a thing because that helps him not look as bad on paper defensively as he really is at times. And I'd also argue you lost a face of your franchise. You lost some leadership. I don't believe this, and maybe people will counter argue. I don't think Devers is as popular as Mookie was or as Xander was. I think he's the third most popular of that crew. I think he's the third most capable of taking a face of the franchise, voice of the franchise leadership role. And yet you signed him to the massive deal. And I think because the, the town was basically burning down around you, you had traded Mookie, you had lost Xander. Most people were like, you can't lose all three. You'll lose the fan base. You'll lose your stature as the actual Boston Red Sox. But, Mm -hmm. you know, all these people that are fearful that Mookie's little and he's going to break down and he's just this. And, oh, we did have, by the way, some defenders of the Red Sox on the on the the radio, on the phone call. So, you know, oh, he doesn't win in the postseason because he well, he actually does win. You can look at his average in various series and different things. Oh, no, he's a gagger. There's no clutch in him. Guess what? If you want to compare everybody to David Ortiz, then stop watching. Because David Ortiz might be the greatest clutch postseason player in the history of the sport. So you've reached the pinnacle. No longer watch because you're not going to get that again. If you don't think Mookie Betts, we had a guy call in and say, yeah, sure. Maybe you could have re-signed Mookie. And yeah, he'd probably be an MVP candidate for the next 10 years. But what's he do? And I'm like, wait, you're putting a negative tone on that, that he might be an MVP candidate for the next 10 years? Um, How is that? (laughs) That's entertaining. That's entertaining. That would absolutely entertain me. And his playoff performances wouldn't be an issue right now because you're not building a playoff team. You're not in the playoffs. So I don't care if he stinks in the postseason. He's a fun and awesome regular season player. And the reason you're watching him for another team is you went through a weird void in leadership and and plan and directive. I, like, I just, I truly don't understand why he, and, you know, now we're getting the details or the, I guess we we should say the two sides of the story and we have to blend mm-hmm. them to find some truth like never offered 300 million was he offered 300 million was he offered but, like 2997 like <laughs> I told you and I, I my guy <laughs> if he gets anything under 300 million we walk um all right so I've heard everything from 
um, and a certain afternoon host on an, on another radio station in town said he's got a valid source that told him that the Red Sox did offer Mookie Betts the bag and Betts turned it down and by all means wanted out of town and the organization was willing to swallow the we're too cheap to offer Mookie Betts the money rationale because they didn't want the he doesn't want to stay in this town for all of those unfortunate uh, sometimes salacious confrontational reasons uh, and I think you know what I mean there like he just doesn't like the town didn't like the pressure doesn't like the the tone and tenor of certain un unsavory elements of the fan base so maybe there was maybe there is a uh, shall we say a, a historical and emotional whitewashing of why Mookie Betts isn't here Maybe the Red Sox did decide to make that financial pivot, Andy. And they and like I believe, John Henry said, that's it. No more major contracts. We're going, we're gonna go bloom ball. We're gonna go total Tampa Ray style. I've given these people four World Series. We're not spending this much money anymore. He's gonna be the first casualty of all this. And if if the latter to the former, or maybe there could be another reason. If the latter to the former proves to be true, as you like to say. That's a fireable offense. Now you can't fire the ownership because he's the one who's allowed to fire everybody because he, he, he pulled, he has the final trigger and say, but if they, if that, if they just decided like, no, we're going to play hardball here and it's going to be Mookie bets. He's going to play, he's going to do the deal our way, or it's going to be the highway. Then for them to get a Garoppolo, Garoppolo return, if you will, on someone of his talent is just, it's disgusting. It's shameful. It's, uh, you know, the Red Sox deserve not to win a World Series for another 86 years and, oh. and survive the Mookie Betts curse. If that's if that's true, if they just did, it, you know, just if they cut off the bets to spite their own face because they decided that's when they needed to play financial hardball only to have John Henry uh, get caught in his fields because he got booed at Red Sox weekend in Springfield and then kowtow to the pressure and, and ultimately sign Raffy Devers because my feelings are hurt. So we sign Devers. I don't care. That's that's so pathetic. That's so pathetic, especially like you said, uh, Xander, more electric, more uh, a more available face of the franchise. Mookie Betts, legitimately on field baseball dynamite. In addition to the stats I read at the top of the pod, how about he's won an MVP? He's got two World Series in his pocket. Only five, only five silver sluggers, just six gold gloves, only seven all stars and the other accomplishments and statistical achievements go on and on and on. And how about also so how like, long does your standing ovation last at Fenway Park? Does he get it? Does he get see? I hope the fans make it last to the point where it's like so uncomfortable that like Nesson and WEI literally are like, well, actually, we're uh, we're up against it. We'll cut back. <laughs> we have to pay. Got to go uh, pay the bills on the Shaw's Red Sox radio. Yeah, I, I, I can't um, I can't cheer. Mookie enough like I don't I don't hold ill will even if he wanted to go to the open market and set the market and and do whatever he like I don't begrudge him that like I, I just I don't have any ill will toward Mookie and he's such a fun electric player that mm -hmm. I think you can send a message I, I would also love a cheer that then turns into like screw you Henry chant or something like I'm sorry I'm I'm all in on the Mookie bet side of this thing I don't always do that but in this case I don't know. I just, as you said, it's not just that he left or even how he left. It's the time since and the way it's been managed and the whole kitten caboodle. And this is your chance to send a message.
that you don't like the inconsistency with which the Red Sox have been handled, managed, and owned ever since. I'd, I'd say, and uh, producer Cooper Leonard obviously wants to get in on the conversation here at the tail end of the pod. I want to go with a we miss. I say we go with we miss Mookie. That's that's my, I, I, would, I think a we miss Mookie, clap, 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 or come back Mookie, F you Henry, I don't know. Uh, a few Henry's in my ballpark. Come back, come back, Mookie is a little too tough. That's just uh, that's false optimism. Uh, but yeah, how comparable do you think this will be to another return, Nomar? Nomar had like a long drawn out uh, standing ovation yeah. when he finally returned as an I athletic. Did, did, but that was but different. Nomar was a douche at the end of his tenure. He got way too, he got too, he got very salty. And then he came back and he realized what he, his was a classic case of don't know what you got till it's gone. And, you know, then, then his departure precipitated so much greatness and world series championships. Right. And the fans never got a chance to properly thank him for being basically the centerpiece of excitement, at least on field and at bat for over half of a decade with Mookie. I think Mookie knew how much the fans loved him here. Whether it was yeah. ownership sucking out loud or Mookie not wanting to be here, you know, if if there is that one element, Andy, I'm only asking the question, not accusing him. But if there is that one element, that would stink that they ownership and Mookie or just Mookie in general have decided to sort of like put up this facade of like, hey, if they had paid me, I would have stayed. And if that's not true, that sucks. I agree. That that would bother me if this is all some charade, as they like to say. Yes. Um, I, I just. If it's just business, if it's just whatever, if it's just they decided he wasn't going to hold up, we're not doing that long term of a deal. He's not that good like fans think he does. A, he's not clutching the postseason, whatever. But yeah, if there's this whole behind the scenes story, that would I would not care for that as much. But I'm just taking it for the surface, superficial um, story. And uh, therefore, I would stand up and cheer Mookie Betts forever because he's better at baseball than anybody that will take the field in the uniform I usually cheer for. Yes, there's no there's no doubt as the Red Sox continue to try to find centerpieces to build their next playoff or championship run around as the centerpiece of the last World Series championship comes back to town. Someone who undoubtedly was and continued or should have been the face of the franchise who is now the centerpiece of another team with World Series aspirations. The salt, fresh off the dog, on the rim of the pretzel and around your popcorn is going to get driven in pretty hard this weekend, Sox fans. And no 17-1 to 1 victory in Houston on a Thursday is going to ease the sting of seeing one of your favorite uh, ballplayers come back. All right. For Jumbo Heart producer Cooper Leonard and your old pal Nick Fitzy Stevens, this has been Breaking Boston, Friday, August 25th, 2023. Thanks very much for listening, folks. It's our pleasure to provide you with a little content analysis and perspective on the Boston sports story of the day and more each and every morning. Take care of yourselves. Don't forget, we'll be on the radio Sunday with a recap of the Patriots' pretend season finale in Nashville. And, of course, WEI has you covered with all things Red Sox all weekend long. Take care, everybody, and we miss Mookie.